You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today joining us is a mate from down under enjoying some cool weather while we are in our summer phase. Please welcome our friend sharing some trainer success tips with us today, Mr. Dane McDonald. How you doing, sir? I'm really well, Rick. Great to be here, mate. I'm, uh, you, you are right. It is. Uh, we are in our winter still, but uh, Australian winters aren't like U.S. winters, so it's, uh, I'm pretty, pretty blessed in that respect. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, if uh, looking at your background, that is not where I would be, at least not in New York City, in the middle of our <laughs> so, Yeah, yeah. It's a different look, a different feel for sure. Definitely, definitely. Well, look, hey, I'm, I'm happy that you're joining us today. And it's nice to have somebody with a different perspective. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I know about Australia fitness Yep. And one of the major things that I know is that there's a really great research that comes out of Australia in regard to performance and strength and conditioning. So that's definitely something that that is solid about some of the things coming out of, of Australia. Um, and I know that you've worked with some heavy hitters and you started as a personal trainer and you're one of those people. And this is something I appreciate, Dan. You're one of those people that kind of level up and level up and level up again. And when you say, what do you do? And they say, I'm a personal trainer. And you're like, mm, I feel like you're too qualified to say that. Uh, but with yeah. that said, I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are, your story. And we're going to talk about some trainer success tips from you and your company, Clean Health Fitness. Yeah, I mean, look, definitely the, the research side of things here in Australia, we're pretty blessed, right? I mean, I think, you know, going back to the 80s, you had people like um, Ian King, who worked very closely with the late Charles Poliquin in SNC and, you know, working with a lot of athletes and things like that. So I think, you know, culturally for PTs, there's there's been a lot of opportunity here in Australia to learn from people that are very well renowned. And I think for me, you know, my journey, you know, I started as a PT back in 2002 now, so just under 20 years ago. And, you know, back then, I mean, it was the industry was very different, you know, as you would know, right? Like, you know, PTs were, you know, maybe earning 30, 40, $50 an hour. It wasn't really an industry the way it is today. You know, like there was a lot of um, group exercise, box exercise, outdoor boot camps, um, you know, coming into the fitness industry back in that era, you know, it was uh, not looked at as a, a place that you could, you know, build a long-term career path. So, you know, for me, one of the points of difference that I wanted to, you know, get into as soon as I started was to really just level myself up, educate myself, you know, and I remember back then actually looking at NASM courses and stuff like that, because um, you guys have been around for so long. And, you know, the first few years of, of, of my career, I, I spent time in college and uni, you know, doing all of the degrees and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I got into the industry, you know, quite, um, you know, quite aggressively, you know, like within kind of six weeks of working in my first, uh, you know, commercial gym full time, you know, I was doing 40, 50 PT sessions a week, um, you know, within kind of uh, six months of kind of working in gyms, I was training other trainers because I had other trainers coming to me asking, you know, how I got myself into shape or how I got my clients into shape. Um, you know, back then I kind of would, would, would walk around at, you know, 220 pounds and sub 10% body fat, right? So, I look like I could step up on a bodybuilding stage. Um, and I think, you know, that was one of my things early on was that, you know, you needed to be an embodiment of your brand. You needed to be an embodiment of what you were putting out there as a health professional, which was to practice what you preach. Um, and, you know, even though I, I kind of, um, you know, never kind of did bodybuilding shows or things like that, I, I would kind of use the way that I looked back then as an opening to attract clients that, you know, actually, when they started speaking to me, they'd realized that I was um, there was some a little bit of brains inside of uh, the broad that we're seeing. A little bit of substance behind all that muscle, yeah. huh? Yeah. Nice. Now, when you went to when you went to university, did you did you study exercise science that early on? Yeah, so I, I started out with with a, I did a diploma in fitness, a diploma in strength conditioning, and then I did a bachelor degree in exercise and sports science, and then I did an advanced diploma in nutritional medicine. 
you know, so by the time it came around 2006, 2007, I was, you know, one of the few duly qualified PTs and nutritionists um, in the industry at a, you know, yeah. I think at the age, what was I back then? I'm trying to remember now at about the age of 25, 26. And, you know, that really allowed me to kind of build the philosophies of, of which I kind of built clean health around, which was, you know, most PTs back then, and even today, to a certain extent, you know, a client will come in through the door and, um, you know, want to just train with a trainer straight away. And for me back then, you know, I wasn't doing my due diligence if I was getting them straight into a PT session, right? So this is where the kind of um, philosophy of lifestyle, nutrition and training came from. And, and what that means was, you know, before I would even get into training clients, I'd spend a good hour assessing their lifestyle. And that went from everything from um, assessing their anthropometric data to assessing their stress, their sleep, um, you know, their circadian rhythms, all, all different type of things that, um, you know, they were doing the other 23 hours of the day when they weren't in the gym. And, you know, back then, you know, today that might seem as like, this is what we do. But like back in 2005, 2006, 2007, that was quite, um, you know, innovative, right? Like people weren't really kind of approaching it with that, uh, that approach. And so, you know, I'd do that. And from that, we'd look at their nutrition. We'd look at, you know, are they in a calorie deficit? Are they in a surplus? What is their, their micronutrient status? Are they, you know, are they eating well? Are they eating bad? From there, we would, you know, create a lifestyle and nutrition plan. And then after that, we'd actually get into the training. And so, you know, that approach really kind of led me to be able to take someone that was, you know, maybe overweight or out of shape, you know, and and transform their, their physiques in, in, you know, generally over about a 12-week period. You know, over a 12-week period, the average rate of uh, fat loss and I say mm-hmm. fat loss because, you know, as we know, like weight loss is, is one thing. And I think if someone is, is clinically obese, initially weight loss is something to look at because, you know, they've got an excessive yeah. amount of weight to lose. Um, but, you know, we, we would generally see back then clients would lose between um, 0.5 to, you know, up to one kilo a week. So that's, you know, oh, wow. um, 1.2 to about 2.4 pounds uh, per week over that initial 12-week uh, program. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, th- that's really how I built my brand and, and, and business. It was through the business of transformations. Um, because, you know, as you know, as, as being in the industry yourself, like, you know, you're only as good as your, as your, as your client results. And right. so I, re- I focused in on early on with, you know, using all of this learning that I had, um, done to, you know, really try and elicit transformations and. That was one thing, you know, on the subject of learning, like, even though I'd initially spent four or five years full time doing study, I remember about three years into it around 2007, and I was getting good results. And then uh, Charles Poliquin, the late Charles Poliquin, the, the, the legendary strength coach, he came out to Australia to do a workshop. And, and I'd been reading his stuff since I was in high school in the late 90s through T-Muscle, you know, T-Nation. Um, yeah. you know, uh, diff- different different um, men's muscle magazines and things like that. And he came out, and I remember going to his workshop, thinking like, you know, I'm I'm pretty hot stuff, right? Like, you know, I know my I know my stuff. I'm, at that time, I was working with um, a few Olympic athletes um, from the New South Wales Institute of Sport, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I know my thing. And um, within two hours of listening to him, I realized how much I don't know. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. And, 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 and that was a real eye-opener for me because, you know, to that time I'd been kind of, um, you know, in the confines of my own city, Sydney, right? So Sydney, Australia, and kind of comparing myself against my um, domestic colleagues. And then here's this guy that's, you know, internationally renowned. He comes out and, and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> and, and, and I remember saying to him, I'm like, um, you know, like, at the end of the first day, I'm like, I just want to say, like, I learned more today than I probably have in my, you know, the last year of my university degree. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, um, you know, could I book you for a few hours just to, to uh, pick your brain to, to kind of learn from you? And, you know, back then he was charging, like, I think it was about seven, 800 US an hour um, for private, for, for private consulting. And, you know, Yes, I was, you know, doing 50, 60 PT sessions a week at about, you know, $7 a session. So I was earning good money, uh, but it was still a large investment. And, and I paid it because I wanted to, to learn one-on-one from this world leader. You better have your questions lined up if if you're doing a yeah. session for 700 bucks. 
but I guess what I'm trying to say to to the students and the listeners, because obviously the most a lot of people listening to this right now are personal trainers, is success leaves clues. You know, my journey as a PT and building up an ed, an international education business that has you know educated tens of thousands of trainers around the world, it didn't come from me being um, cheap when it came to my own development, right? Um, and 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 so after that um, workshop with him, I remember um, he was talking about one of his students in the UK who just opened up this high-end performance um, gym, you know, so it was like it had all of the, um, you know, Aleco equipment, the Atlantis equipment, you know, all of this specialist equipment, and they were doing boutique transformation-based um, programming. Um, it was a business called Ultimate Performance based out of the UK. It's uh, founded by um, one of Charles's other students, Nick Mitchell. And... I'm like, that's what I want to do. You know, uh, by that time, like there would be no clean health if there was no Charles Poliquin. And, you know, he was the guy that really kind of showed me that there was more to the industry than what I'd experienced within my own city. And that there was actually big opportunities to, you know, if you look at the lifespan of PTs, you know, here in Australia, the average um, uh, like career rate is about 18 months. So uh, across a lot of the, the education institutes, people that go and get their qualifications, they'll only last 18 months in the industry. So, you know, to, to be around 15, 20 years later, um, I think is a real testament to education. And, and just one thing I really want to drill home to anyone listening is like, you know, um, you want to have a sustainable career following your passion and, you know, for, for health and fitness, helping others, it's keep learning, you know, um, keep learning. That, that is, you know, trainers ask me like, what is the number one success tip for growing a successful business? It's like learn how to get results and let your results do the talking because, you know, you could do all these business courses in the world, but if you're unable to actually change the outcome of a client that has come into you feeling down, they're feeling, you know, they're feeling, they're feeling bad, they're out of shape. Um, if you're unable to get them in, into to shape and to help them feel better, like you, you're not going to retain them as a client long term. You're not going to get referrals from them and it's going to limit the ability to grow your business over a, a period of time. Oh, Dane, this is awesome, man. You were definitely dropping some success bombs for our trainers here. And as you talk about being a lifelong learner, I think that that's something significant that we need to drive home for yeah. our fitness professionals, that this is this is not just get your certification and and, and now you're good. Now, now you know what you need to know to be a trainer and tell people regularly as soon as yeah. you get your certification, now you have the baseline of what you should know, the very least amount of what you should know before you're qualified to be a personal trainer. So you know the least amount you should know for the rest of your career right now when yeah. you get certified. And then it's moving on beyond and past that. And and you talk about something else too, and I think it's important to point out is that you had some direction, right? And we've, we've talked multiple times about mentorship and discussing with people. I'll, I'll be doing a, a lesson at the Optima conference on mentorships and becoming a mentor. And the thing is, is that it's hard to become a mentor if you've never had one yourself. And, and so we see that with your experience with uh, Poliquin and the, the work that he's done. And one of the things that, that he talked about, he was a great strength and conditioning coach, but he always talked about lifestyle. He always, yeah. early on, before anybody was talking, like if you were a strength and conditioning coach, you did strength and conditioning. And what they did outside, if you're working with athletes, it's just like try to get the kids to go to sleep early enough and like not drink so much in, in their college careers. And it has shifted far beyond just like a yeah. band-aid approach to what to do with your lifestyle outside of workout sessions. Well, look, if you look at it today, it's kind of led to, you know, that, that term HPL, high performance lifestyle. You, you've got, you know, um, blood sugar apps like Levels. You've got the Apple Watch. You've got all this technology that, that today, you know, back back when I was an active PT, you know, back then, I wish that I had access to, right? Because, you know, you can monitor blood blood sugar glucose levels over their sleep. You can monitor their sleep. You can, you can look at their REM sleep, their deep sleep, all these type of cofactors. You can look at the HRV. You know, these are all mm -hmm. things that I apply in myself today, you know, on myself, you know, when I'm training every day. But with coaches today, you know, the technology has given them, 
you know, such a, a wide array of tools that, that weren't at our disposable even five years ago. Um, and there's actually one, one thing I, I want to add further on the education yeah. is that um, I've, I've always said this when I've mentored people is that for the first five years that you're in the industry as a PT, um, you know, you should be spending literally, in my opinion, nine, about 80 to 90, but probably 90% of your um, education investment into becoming a better trainer, not necessarily a better business person, uh, all that type of stuff. Learn how to write diets and write training programs and, and learn how to coach. So learn how mm -hmm. to be able to use the power of EQ to influence, motivate and inspire your clients, which is going to drive compliance, you know, because compliance is the number one factor for results. You can have the best program in the world, but if the client doesn't follow it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, right. Conversely, you can have a an okay program, but if they do every single thing on it, they're going to get results. So the first five years, I've always said 80, 90%. Years six to 10, it should be more 50, 50. So, you know, by that time, you're really trying to, you know, like for me, five years in, I was just working out of commercial gyms as a PT. It right. took me six, six, seven years to realize I want to go and open a gym, you know, and then I, I ended up opening three, um, you know, and, and it, it took me having a mentor and some direction to do that. So, you know, whilst you're going into that second stage of your career, you're still trying to keep you, you still need to keep your finger on the pulse in terms of learning about, you know, the latest literature, um, what's working, what's not working, what's been debunked or not, um, et cetera. But you also want to be learning to level up yourself when it comes to your business um, how to present yourself, your brand, if you hire people, what that looks like in terms of creating structures um, and all this different type of stuff for them. And I'd say if you make it to year 10 and above, um, you know, for me, it, it's it's now become 80-20, 80% in terms of like, you know, business marketing and sales, 20% just keeping my finger on the, the, the literature, um, you know, looking at what's working, what's not working. And I'm pretty fortunate, you know, I've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of strategic partners uh, around the world you know, Dr. Lane Norton, Dr. Bill Campbell, um, and a few others on our academic board that, uh, you know, literally working in the lab day in, day out with some of the, the latest sports science stuff out there in the world today. Um, so when I when I need to know something, I just say, hey, um, what's the latest research on this? And and, and I get it. So it, it, it saves my time. I um, love that. It, it's nice for me, too, because I do that with people at NASM. There's so many things I don't know. And just tapping somebody on the shoulder who can direct me to somebody else that knows what's yeah. up. And so it's nice just yeah. to know people that are smarter than you. Exactly. And I think like, you know, that's the, that's the thing. If you can kind of use that as a framework, and I'm not saying it's foolproof, but, you know, like it's kind of a, a process that I've given to a lot of trainers over the years is, you know, spend your time getting good at your craft and then over time the business will come. And, and, cool. and with that, you'll be able to, you know, uh, you know, have a have fulfillment within your career, actually doing something that you love. Because I think everyone generally gets into the fitness industry because it's it's a major part of their value alignment as a human being. You know, health and well being, and um, whether it's with themselves and others. Let me ask a question about ch change, right? So change. You were talking about being a fitness professional, being a personal trainer. And yeah. then you went on into opening your own gyms, right? So you started with one. I'm assuming you didn't start with three. I see, I see you've, you've opened a few, haven't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, yeah. three, a fourth one coming soon. And um, my question to you, and this is yeah. in part for me, but a lot for yeah. other people who are thinking this too. Like, What was the biggest transition, the biggest change when you were like, all right, this is my personal training business. And now this is a gym business, things that you need to think about things you didn't think about. And then you're kind of punched in the gut with. Yeah. Like, you know, look, I think as I, as I mentioned to you offline, when, you know, we were having a, a pre-chat pre-coming on, like I'm a qualified PT. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a degree in business. I don't have a degree in marketing. I don't have a degree in sales. I've just learned that on the fly. So I think the biggest transition for me was when you are a sole trader um, and you've established your business and your brand, you were generally at the pinnacle of quality. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is you yourself are facilitating the service and because it's your brand, you're generally going to do it better than anyone else. Um, and I, I found as I brought people on, I was very fortunate, like my first trainers that came on to work for me were actually clients of mine. So they were other personal trainers 
that I would say train for a powerlifting event or a mm. bodybuilding event or a sporting event or whatever, or they just came to me to learn. So they already had that, that um, coach mentor relationship with me. And I had already downloaded a lot of my key philosophies and principles into them. So they were kind of like mini me's with their own twist. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest learning curve was um, standardization of quality, i.e. quality control over your product as a PT. And I use the term product because at the end of the day, if you've got a gym or you're a PT, you, you are still, at, yes, you are selling a service, but it's also a product of you. That's um, right. So, so for me, it was, it was learning that. And then the other thing was really just learning that, um, you know, going from having to manage your own finances and your own timetable to managing the payroll, you know, at, at one point, you know, I, I had, you know, circa 50 staff working for me through multiple gyms. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having to look at payroll. I'm having to look at performance management. I'm having to look at, at hiring ops directors and, and heads of departments and creating um, job descriptions and, and kind of learning all these things. And the, the first few years, I tried to do it all myself because that's just my nature. And it ended up causing me some problems because I was unable to let go and, and really delegate to people as I scaled that were better than me. And a lot of that was youth and ego and, and that kind of rolled into one. Um, but, but that was a big learning curve for me. And it, it, I nearly, you know, in 2015, I nearly lost everything. You know, I ended up uh, oh, going... Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we ended up having to, you know, one of the businesses... Because by 2014... It was, it was interesting, like we'd opened our first gym, you know, by, we opened on 150 PT sessions a week. And then four months later, we were doing 550. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. And, and that was in an average price point of about 120 US per session. Um, so you do the math on that, right? And, you know, so I, I didn't have the systems in place to measure and scale that. And you know, in the first two years of that that business, we were doing about twenty plus thousand PT sessions per annum. Uh, you know, out of out of that one gym, um, and and so going from you know having myself and a few trainers working through a commercial gym to doing that volume of of personal training sessions out of one business and then opening others, right. whilst at the same time, um, you know, going to uh, starting our education business because we'd had all of these requests from trainers you know, around the world on, on how we were getting these results. It was a really steep learning curve. So, um, you know, well, learning I'm to delegate. I'm interested in that too. I'm interested in, yeah. now, now there's another transition in, in life and in business on your end, right? So you went from being a trainer to opening your own facilities, and then you went from opening on your, your own facilities to opening a consulting and an education institute on basically how to do it. So what, yeah. What led to that? And then how did that become a business for you? It, it kind of, you know, as we were, because like by 2012, 2013, you know, we were having like, whether it was uh, Ben Pekowski, Mark Schaus, Dr. Rakowski, uh, Milos Sarchev, Charles Poliquin, um, you know, um, Phil Lerney, like lots of Lane Norton, lots of big industry notables from around the world were coming out to Australia they were doing workshops at our center as kind of the, the the central point here in Australia. And so we were getting a lot of international PR and press. By that time, you know, we'd been publicizing newspapers. I, we were doing, you know, articles in the, the Daily Telegraph, GQ magazine, and different stuff like that. So we were getting a lot of PR and press. And obviously with that came the fact that, you know, over time, about 20% of our sessions that we were doing out of our PT business were actually other personal trainers wanting to go through the process themselves to learn how we did it. Mm -hmm. right? And and we were getting a lot of them. They'd come up to myself or um, our head of research and development, Stefan Anf or, or Rawdon Dubois back then and, and a few of our senior guys on like, hey, we, we want an internship, like we want to do mentorships. And so what I did was I took I took out an internal staff development manual that I'd created back in 2010. And, and I'd created that for um, basically any clean health, any trainer that we would hire, because back then we obviously weren't an education institute. I would have to reprogram kind of some of the learnings that they had learned out in the industry to, to bring them to our level of knowledge. 
um, you know, when you, when you think about it, like myself and, and some of our key um, educators back then had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars each on our education. Wow. So it was a very, um, it was quite a gap between kind of that and then someone who'd just gotten qualified as a personal trainer and had worked for the industry for a year. And so that, that manual that I created was to, to bridge that gap. And I realized that it had worked so well with our trainers. Like why, why not just start teaching this to, to, to people outside, uh, teach them the secrets of what we were doing in our real world laboratory, i.e. our gym. And, um, so in 2012, that started. And then by 2014, we actually had um, a gym chain from interstate in Melbourne um, contract um, myself and one of my head educators to go down there for the week to do a spend a whole week with the entire staff educating. And so that was the first, um, I guess, um, interstate job that we got. And, you know, it was a big contract. It was a $30,000 contract back then. And um, you know, I remember going down there and teaching. It was seven straight days of teaching, but like it wasn't work. It didn't feel like work right. because it's, you know, as you probably noticed, I can talk. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it, it was just a, a great experience. And I'm like, you know what, like, I want to, I want to take this international. And um, I, I ended up speaking to Charles Poliquin at the time, you know, so the student speaking to the sensei and, um, Two months later, the student was teaching with a sensei in Montreal. Oh, um, cool. You know, so we'd partnered up. Um, he was doing his three-day training. Then we were doing our two days on nutrition. And, and that was our first international gig. And I remember on the, the, the plane back from Montreal, you know, I was on this high, right? And, you know, we'd had 40, 40 50 students in our workshop over there in Laval. And um, I remember coming back saying, you know, what, in 2015, like, I, I, I really want to take this out there. And... Um, Actually, on the plane, I, I'm a big big believer in, in what you put out and manifest will come back to you at some point. You know, it might come back um, as slightly different than what you put out, True. but uh, signaling the intent um, will generally determine the outcome. Um, and, and so I wrote out our schedule for the 2015. You know, we were going to do workshops in Hong Kong, um, uh, the United States, uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, Auckland, the UK. Uh, by the end of 2015, we had taught 42 workshops around the world and educated uh, about 4,000 personal trainers. Um, I, I'd spent, I'd say, about six or nine months on the road educating and lecturing um, with, with, with two of our key staff members. But um, that's, that's pretty much how it started. So, you know, I spent 2015 overseas pretty much um, whilst I left my operations team to kind of manage the gym. By that time, we'd... we'd opened a second one and we're in the process of opening a third one with an institute attached to it that was going to be our company headquarters which is a, a thousand square meter site um, so that's about 10,000 square foot um, I think uh, doing doing yeah. the, the, the the conversion and um, yeah like that's that's kind of where the the education started and you know by the end of 2015 you know, uh, I'd gotten into this position where the education business had gone really well um, and the new site that we'd set up had gone really well, but two of the, the old um, gym businesses weren't doing too well um, and were in quite a lot of debt. So I had to, to, to come in and kind of really restructure how we were doing things. And that was when I actually made the conscious decision then that to, to take my company to the next level, um, I had to make a choice and, and that choice was, am I going to continue to be the founder and head coach or am I going to be the founder and CEO? And um, I, I realized at that point, like, sure, I can hire in someone externally as a CEO to, to, to manage the business. But the reality is like, I know my business better than anyone. Sure. I, there's a lot of business skills that I don't know right now, but I'm just going to have to teach myself. And so that's what I did. And, um, you know, a, a year later, we turned it around. I'd sold off, ended up selling off one of those gyms for a, a seven-figure amount to an offshore business. Um, we consolidated the three sites into one. Um, and, um, you know, we basically, that, that uh, Chatswood site remained open until COVID last year. Um, it still had um, in it by, by February of 2020, 
we were about a year into going online with our with our programs. We were still still doing some live event workshops, um, and we still had a, a PT business within that um, site, doing about 250, 300 sessions a week. Mm. Um, but when COVID hit, you know, I kind of so I was in Asia when COVID um, broke out, right? So I was in Hong Kong in January of 29, uh, 2020. And we were on a cruise and we were going from like Hong Kong to Vietnam. This is my family. And then from Vietnam to, um, you know, like uh, Thailand. And I remember getting off at each, um, and, you know, back then we didn't know what COVID was, right? And, and I remember getting off at each port and they would have like the, um, the sensors to, to scan you and, I was like, this is not good. Like, this is this is like, you know, some sort of movie I'm living in right now. And I remember coming back to Australia. In Australia, you know, we thought we were immune, right? And um, because of our distance. And I remember saying to my, my, my leadership team at the time, I'm like, this is not going to, like, this is going to come here and we're going to get locked down. And this is in February of 2020. And, and they were looking at me, they're like, Dave, it's not going to provide my look. I trust my gut. And that's another business thing. Like trust your intuition, human beings. We, we were given uh, gut feelings for a reason. Um, when you learn to, to feel into it, it can be quite a powerful weapon. And so I made a decision actually to basically, um, shut down my gym, which was still a, a seven figure earning business. Um, and to shut down our site. And then three weeks later, we got locked down and we never opened up uh, ever again since. So we've been 100% 100 remote working um, since then, hence why I'm speaking to you from my home office right now. Um, And it it was one of the, to be honest, it was one of the the best business decisions I ever made. Um, And I I embrace change. You know, I, I embrace change. I embrace the fact that we were about a year into our online journey um, and that we really just had to go like all in and, um, you know, look, going all in, you know, the last 12 months we've, we've educated about 15,000 trainers online around the world. So, and with about wow. you know, 60, with about 60% of them being, uh, outside of Australia. So, um, you know, it's been a very, my journey with clean health has been a very interesting one. I, I kind of liken it into four phases. We've got the PT phase, the gym phase the education workshop phase and now the 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 ed tech online phase which is where we are and where we'll stay um you say um, that now you say that now but there might be more options down the road phases five six seven true true like you know look you know uh you know phase five i think for me at some point in the future will be you know uh, maybe some sort of an exit um or or, you know something like that in the future you know, but for now we're doing good things. Um, you know, we've got a lot of um, interesting stuff in the pipeline, and and in particular, you know, the the, the partnership that we formed with NASM um, that we've just literally launched here in Australia over the last month. Um, you know, it's something that we're really excited about, kind of you know, um, helping to bring you guys to to the Australian market because you know, as I mentioned, I think at the beginning, you know, NASM is a is a is a company in business that that I looked at and was you know looking at the education and learning from you know 15 20 years ago um at the beginning of my pt journey so to to be partnered up with you guys now and to kind of be on a podcast with you guys now you know there's always that like i always try and remain grateful for the small things that happen like this in life because it's like you know pinch myself like it's like wow like what a journey that's awesome ladies and gentlemen we're talking to dane mcdonald he's joining us talking about trainer success and he's talking about making choices and some of those choices involve change and some of that change is based on strong foundations, but it doesn't mean you're going in the most comfortable direction. You're going in a direction based off the foundation that you can handle and you can make changes with. Uh, Dana, I do have a, a few questions for you. One is this, when, when you're working with your own program. Right. So with your programming and then you invite people in. So let's say Poliquin comes in and um, uh, Dr. Norton comes in. You have these people uh, and and I guess now NASM. Right. So you have a program that you're working with and then you have people coming in from outside with maybe different or additional content, a different perspective on things. How do you use that with your business and 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 make that um, make that jive well? Yeah, look, that's a super good point. You know, like I, I, I'm a big believer in that you attract people of a of a similar mindset towards you and around you, right? So, 
if I look at any of our strategic partners, whether it's um, you know NASM um, or NASM, as we call, as, as I tend to call them, or I think in the UK as well, um, you know uh, Lane, Bill, Sebastian, Oreb, you know, there's been you know different people that we've worked with over the years. There's a lot of um, philosophical alignment, firstly, in regards to the mission, right? So, so what is the mission? You know, what 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 is Clean Health? What is NASM? What is uh, Lane Norton? What are all these different individuals um, trying to do? And Really, if you, you step back and look at it, it is we are all trying to raise the level of education and overall professionalism for the fitness industry around the world, mm-hmm. right? So we're trying to take a trainer that, you know, might have a limited knowledge and skill set, increase that lo- knowledge and skill set so that they're empowered to actually make change and have a sustainable career doing what they love. So that's the first prerequisite because, you know, like if you don't have that philosophical alignment, you know, it's just not there. Um, and the second one is obviously having that mutual respect. You know, I'll give you an example with, with Lane Norton. You know, I've, I've known Lane for um, since about 2012, nearly a decade now. And, you know, for anyone that's uh, followed him on social, you know, he's got a, a million plus followers across his Instagram and Facebook accounts and, and whatnot. Um, you know, he's, he's been you know, one of the biggest proponents of the, you know, if it fits in your macros movement and all that type of stuff over the last decade. And so initially when we met, you know, him and I had very different philosophical approaches to nutrition. Hmm. You know, he was all about basically set your calories and eat what you want, you know, and not, yeah. not necessarily so much like that, but like that was, that was a bit, you know, the, the overarching kind of philosophy maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Whereas for, for, for me and what we were doing at Clean Health, it was very strict. It was, you know, we, we would kind of, you know, set the calories, set the macros, set the meal timing, like we were very detailed. And, and that was probably because as well, the type of clients that we were working with were coming to us for a very serious result. Um, and so when we when we first met, like our, our ideologies clashed and I remember saying to him, you know what, like, look, you're obviously great at what you do. Um, we obviously get good results too. Why don't you come out to our gym um, when you're out in Australia next time and have a workout and kind of see what we're doing. And so he, he did, he came out to the gym um, to his credit. And I remember he walked in and, you know, um, you know, back in those days, like, as I said, you know, we, we would have a lot of serious athletes as well as general population clients in our gym. And, you know, there's people squatting 440 pounds, deadlifting 650 kilo, uh, 650 pounds, um, 700 pounds. And, and, you know, people walking around like they, they could step up on stage and stuff like that. And I remember he walked in during kind of one of these peak periods and um, he walked around and I, I said to him, I'm like, Lane, um, so does it look like um, people here don't know what they're doing? And he's like, he's like, no, well, clearly you guys know what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm like, exactly. So like, we just have a different opinion on things, different, a slightly different variation of how we're trying to achieve the same goal. And I think that's kind of the way I look at, at, at some of the strategic partners is we're all philosophically aligned. We all... Um, you know, we're all working towards the same outcome to help people and to get better results, but we're all just doing it slightly different. And that's right. okay. You know, like yeah. you have to be comfortable within your own skin. And, and for me, I've always been very good at attracting people, you know, the, the, the best and the brightest out there around, around me. And I'm kind of like the, the intermediary can say, Hey, you know what, like guys, you know, settle down here and do that. And I think I get the respect from the PT side of the industry because, you know, I, I did over 20,000 PT sessions myself as a, as a personal trainer. Um, you know, I've been inactive as a PT since 2017, um, but I've walked in the shoes of a lot of these individual partners. And then obviously with, um, you know, um, NASM, we've been able to build our business up to a point where we're able, you know, to collaborate with you guys and, and provide, you know, mutual uh, value. And I think that's another big one too, is with any partnerships that you have, it needs to be a mutual exchange. It, it can't be one-sided. Even if one of the partners is, you know, obviously bigger, um, we still need to be able to, to um, you know, bring positivity to the relationship and complement each other in different ways. And I think, um, you know, obviously uh, with what we're doing with our partners overall and what we've started to do with NASM, I can really see that happening. And, um, you know, like I said, we're super excited about it. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about that and the differences, it reminds me of a conference I had gone to years ago. And Mm. this was early to mid uh, 2000s. And there was Mike Clark on a, and and it was a panel. 
Mike Clark, okay. Tom Purvis, Juan Carlos Santana. I mean, and I can't remember the other guys, but it was all people that you're like, those guys don't agree with each other, right? Like they, they, yeah. they're all on the same thing. And you know, the moderators probably like are going to pit somebody against each other. And I remember the question got asked about it, the differences. We had asked about the differences and it was one Carlos Santana who said, I think we probably agree on 95% of everything, but people like to focus on the 5% we differ on. And, yeah. and, and that's, I think that's a great way to look at it. Like we're, we're all out here trying to do the same thing and it's create successful fitness related performance related outcomes for our clients. What's best for them. And there's perspective. And some people's, everybody's perspective is shaped by their life, right? From their yeah. experiences and their education and their clients and their athletes that they work with. So, so everything is molded through yeah. your experience and through your education. And it's not that different, but there are differences and it's okay. Those differences are okay. And I think that it's yeah. valuable to, to look at, where people are and see more what aligns and looking at the outcomes that we can provide for people instead of arguing over, because it happens in the industry so much over minutia and over non, oh, it's just, it's too much out there. And, you know, I also feel like this day and age, people are just looking to argue and they can sit behind uh, a keyboard and do it without any consequence. And that's why the, the, the cages get rattled so much. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, one piece of advice, you know, that I give trainers, uh, you know, today is like, you know, if I go back, if I could, uh, you know, tell myself one thing, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's not to care what other people think. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I think human beings get so like, oh, they said that, or she said that, or he said that, or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like, just just focus on, the more you focus on on you and doing you, becoming the best version of you that you can be, um, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And I yeah. think you know you, what you said before is spot on. Like the when you peel it back with all of these different experts, everyone's trying to do the same thing. We're all just doing it in a slightly different way, you know. So uh, I think you know that's one thing that I've learned with having all of these different partnerships. And, and a lot of people have always said, like Dane, how do you juggle all these big egos? Um, it's like, well, you know, I guess I've got a little bit of an ego myself, right? right. <laughs> um, but, but, but at the end, but at the end of the day, it's it's just learning to understand people and that it's okay to have a different point of view. And just because somebody has a different point of view, it doesn't mean that you need to get um, reactive to that. You know, as you said, people are shaped by the experiences that they've had. You know, the days, weeks, months, and years before meeting you. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that you said that. It reminds me of a story I met. I met a guy at my wedding, a friend of my wife's, and he was such a cool guy. Like I just met him and I was like, this guy, it reminded me of Lenny Kravitz. Like everything about him was awesome. And yeah. he, Jen, Jennifer, my wife told this story about somebody that was talking about him, saying something about him and they felt the need to go and let this guy know. And they told him and he just looked at him and he said, their opinion of me is none of my business. And I yeah. thought, I wish I was that cool. <laughs> like that's something that stuck with me for so long that somebody else's opinion of me is none of my business. If I'm doing the exactly. best I can, I am focusing on my purpose and my path, the direction I need to take that helps me and my family and my clients get the outcomes that they're looking to get, then everybody else, it doesn't matter. And and, you know, like, I think having that philosophy, like, you know, if, if I'd, you know, for example, if in 2015, you know, when, when I ran into some business difficulties, had I cared about what people were saying about me, I wouldn't have had the resilience to turn it around, rebuild it, and then, you know, um, yeah, make, right. a set, make a seven-figure profit from it, right? So it's, it's having that kind of perseverance as, as, as well. I think it's, it's, it's a key thing, like... Um, you know the, the fitness industry. I think when you've been around it as as long as you and I have been, like it's it's been through so many different changes. Um, you know, I think personal trainers today, you know, with with organisations like NSM, what we're doing, stuff like that. There are so many opportunities to learn from people that have made all of the mistakes. 
yeah. that you don't need to make. You know, I, I always try and say like, when a trainer says, hey, what's the benefit of, of learning from you guys? I'm like, well, you'll learn how to not make mistakes. Right. Um, you know, because we've made them for you. So um, do this and it will show you how not to make the mistakes. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything better than from learning from other people's mistakes. So yeah. I think that's that's a solid outlook. Uh, any other things that you want to address with the partnership between you and NASN down there? That sounds pretty exciting. So I just want to find out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Look, so obviously um, it, it's something that we'd been working on behind the scenes um, with, with you guys over the last several months and, and we launched it last month so basically you know what we've done is we've combined we've combined some of our key core products with some of your guys key core products to uh, create an amalgamated um, uh, international personal trainer specialist program hmm. so basically what this is is for somebody that wants to get into the fitness industry they can do this program um, here in australia but it allows them to be duly qualified and registered both in north america and australia as well um. so it's obviously as you know, like a lot of the time, the certs don't marry up in the countries and things right. like that. So we, we've amalgamated this together to kind of, you know, uh, have a bit of bilateral relationships between the governing bodies. Um, but also it, it integrates the nutrition. So it obviously has the, the CNC program um, integrated into it, the CPT with some of our stuff. So it really kind of, um, you know, we believe gives like trainers the very best chance to kind of start their career off on the right foot. Um, and, and, you know, learn not just about training, but nutrition as well, because, you know, it, that's, and when we say nutrition, we're obviously talking lifestyle as well, because that's, yeah. that's the other 23 hours a day when you're not in the gym. And, you know, if we go back to kind of my story with how we, I found a clean health, it was really about focusing on the other 23 hours of the day. Um, so that's kind of been the key core focus of what we're doing. We've obviously also brought in. Um, some of the other NASM products into the Australian market. So like the stretching and flexibility um, coach course. I mean, we think that's quite an important one. It's not something that we do. So you spoke previously about, you know, synergistically working together things that that um, you might do and other partners might not do. So, you know, there are certain things that NASM does that, that we're not specialists in. And, and obviously, you know, having myself and our IP and education team, like kind of going through the course content, like, you know, we don't put our uh, hands to anything that isn't the best of the best. You know, we've, we've spoken about some of the, 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 the industry titans that we've worked with over the last two decades. Um, you know, so we've, we've brought that in. The virtual coach as well. We think that's a real big one um, right now in the Australian market. Like, unfortunately, um, uh, half of Australia right now is in lockdown. We're under some of the tightest restrictions in the world when it comes to kind of, um, you know, this, this whole pandemic side of things. So... A lot of PTs are having to um, shift their business online or go into more of a hybrid model. Um, so we're utilizing that. And even actually as well, um, the MMA certification that you guys offer. Oh, yeah. um, you know, there's there's a big, um, you know, uh, much to, to Nathan um, Highland from, from NASM. Much oh, to, yeah. Uh, he, he's like, um, hey, Nate. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a big kind of interest on that in the Australian kind of market as well because yeah. MMA is quite a big thing here. So, look, we're obviously um, slowly but surely um, integrating some of the NASM offerings into our catalogue of stuff that we do here in Australia um, right. and really kind of filling some of those gaps that we, that we don't cover and have the expertise in. Because, um, again, you know, we talk about expertise – um, you know, our expertise is, is very much in kind of, you know, fat loss transformations, you know, building muscle, athletic performance, nutrition, stuff like that. But some of those other specialty things are not things that we've worked with. So, um, you know, that's where we feel the real partnership can complement each other um, quite strongly here in the Australian market. Oh, well, I, got, I have to say, it sounds like NASM has found a, a quality partner down in Australia. So Dane thank McDonald, you. thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us and to share a little bit about your story. And, you're you welcome. know, like you're just here's what I like. And this is this is why the conversational uh, podcasts are so nice, where it's not just a, um, an interview, right, that yeah. you can just kind of talk it out and and hear somebody explain from expertise, from experience, from education, what life has been like and the journey. But here's what it is. It's the perspective of that journey. And we see a lot of times failures and we see successes and those are valuable. Both failures and successes are both yeah. valuable. 
and being wildly fe fearful of failures. And trust me, I'm fearful of them. I don't want them. I'm aiming towards success. But what are what are the changes and directions that you're taking? And there are people out there that want bigger. They want better. They want more. They have aspirations. They have dreams. And then they have fears that are blocking the way things that are stopping them from doing it. And, and I think that some fears are rational and some, some fears um, need to be looked in the eye and, and walked back. Definitely. Look, I, I, have, I have a quote on this that I'll leave our listeners with. It's, it's quite simple. Failing to fail is failing. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we talk about success. We talk about wanting to expand our career and, and ourself. It's like sometimes you just got to give it a go. Um, and you know, it, it's okay. Like failure can provide you with some of the best life lessons that you can ever hope for. Um, you know, sometimes getting your back put into a corner and having to dig your way out, like it, it, that's where you build resilience, strength and character. And, you know, for me, you know, the failures that I've had have led me to kind of have this resolve now within my career and self that is, you know, pretty unshakable um, because I've, I've, I've had the highs, I've had the lows, and now I just appreciate, you know, I, I appreciate the, the, and I'm grateful for the, the small things. And I think that's another important yeah. thing too, is just, just be grateful. Like it's, it's your career as a PT and in life, it's a step-by-step -step process. You know, we all want to conquer the world and, and do X, Y, Z, but it's a, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen in a day or a week or a month it, it, or even a year. It takes years. So just accept that, you know, um, enjoy that and be grateful for it. And and create a strong foundation. And I think that's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Like create a strong foundation and then you're less concerned about the dangers of building on top of that. So uh, Dane McDonald, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Uh, if there is a way that you can direct people through to your social media, to your website, if they could reach out via email, what are some of the best ways that they can yeah, find Yeah, look, it, simplest thing is... Um, our website is uh, cleanhealth.edu.au. Um, you can follow us on Instagram um, at, at Clean Health Fitness Institute. And then my personal one on Instagram is just at Dane McDonald. Um, they're probably the three main things. And hey, look, if you've listened to the show and, and love what you heard, heard, feel free to send me a message. I, I, I always take the time to respond to my DMs and, and kind of you know, give feedback and insight to trainers because you know I was once in their shoes myself. So. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of it. If you have questions for me, you can reach out to me on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me at rick.ritchie at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast. <laughs>